Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I am so excited to have on two of the leadership group of the Cardiff Devils for the past decade off the ice. Uh, perennial runners up in the annual golf tournament for Cardiff. Uh, the most decorated off ice performers in Devils history. They can sing, rap, dance, and play the piano. And they've <laughs> sacrificed. Uh, their sleep uh, for the success of the Devils by building players out of their car. Welcome to the podcast, Steve and Chris George. Absolute pleasure. Nice? Absolute pleasure to be here, Wally. Great to see you, bud. Oh, man, I tell you. So I, I got a bit of a different format today since, uh, you know, there's really not much on ice uh, to go over here today. It's mainly ales and tails, yeah. right? Those. There's hockey tales a part of this though, right? Oh yeah. So how Plenty. how we know each other? My first season on the Cardiff Devils, they have a sponsors golf tournament, and um, I played with a couple sponsors. You know, um, I think we won, but uh, you know, the real winners that day were your group. Um, I saw it in the clubhouse um, afterwards, and I just I had to meet you. I had to know what was going on at that table. Um, I've never seen people have so much fun at a golf tournament, and uh, I could just tell we were we were we were going to hit it off. <laughs> yeah, hit it off, we did. <laughs> yeah, you, you're so right with that because that was like the end of the really bad season. And then all of a sudden, we walked into that golf tournament, not knowing what to expect, really. And, you know, we, we were paired with Hendo for that golf tourney. And then we had Hoff behind us in a group. And there was like this, this cool atmosphere right from the beginning. And I think that, you know, you were there. Obviously, you were a big part of it. But the clubhouse afterwards, no matter who won, I think that lock-in uh, that we had in the golf club afterwards really set the scene for the, yeah. the next, like, five or six years. I, I really <laughs> think that that really kicked off the new uh, the new culture and the new, uh, like, everybody was in it together. And we had so much fun at that clubhouse. And it was like when uh, hockey players become a team was, like, at that clubhouse, you know? Yeah. I remember seeing um, – I remember when Kalman was doing the draw – and it's um he's he's an unbelievable guy, like love him to bits. But there's a bit of a story because um he for years tried to sign tried to sign Votha when he was at Belfast. And um a couple of occasions in the off-season, Votha's playing golf with us. And Calman rings up and he's like, I was like, Bevo, you can't like take calls on the course. He's like, Oh, I like I got to. And then I was like, who's that? And he's like, Oh, it's Calman from Belfast. And I'm like, tell him the fuck off. You know, there's no way you're signing over there, mate. You're staying here. So we rock up at the uh, at the golf club. The first guy I see is Calman. He's like, 
I know you. And I was like, I know you. And uh, there and after, man, we've been like best buds. He's a, he's a legend. But I agree that, that whether, whether like Joey Martin and those guys didn't play golf, they were still whipping around on the buggies, him and uh, I think Mitch and a few of the guys, you know, serving us beers. It was just a class way to get the new, the new wave, the new era going, you know? Oh man. And it, it was, it, it kicked off the year for me because like I had been on a team the year before where they were, they were all pros. They weren't, there wasn't really a lot of that much, just, I guess, camaraderie. I don't know what the word is, but like that day, it just kicked off the season for like on and off the ice. Every guy just having the, just a time. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like the perfect blend of all the misfits coming together at one time and just you know, <laughs> forming a group of just, absolute beauties okay so background story then is the way we're gonna do this is uh i'd like to know how your hockey journey starts and how you guys got into hockey because if the listeners don't know here chris and steve george um they're not employed by the devils um they've never played for the devils um but they are as much a part of the team as any player that's put on the jersey in the last few years um they make everybody feel welcome um, they make every wife love Cardiff and going out on the town. Um, so we'll get into all, how we know each other part two, but, uh, I'd like to know how you guys end up getting into hockey and how it all started. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think the, uh, unofficial title is, uh, Cardiff Devils social secretaries, uh, but the actual party story, liaisons. Yeah. Party liaisons. Exactly. Yeah. But I think the, I'll leave Chris tell you how we actually got into it because uh, he was the one who kind of opened the door here uh, all those years ago. Yeah, and it, and it all started. I used to work, um, the, the shops still there, I used to work in House of Fraser in Cardiff when I was doing my studies and stuff. And I used to work on a counter. And I'll never forget these boys coming in. They were a little bit rowdy. Um, and I thought, ah, oh, you know, cool accent, whatever. And I just being a naturally inquisitive guy is like, hey, you know, you're obviously not from around here. What's the story? And at the time, it was um, there was Dave Matsos, there was Ed Patterson, there was a couple of other guys. I think Cugnut might have been there. And Matsos, um, he coached Sheffield, did he not? He That's did. Right. He played for us. Yeah, for a hell of a player. Good knowledge. Well, Lovely guy. Well, they're Lovely. just people's names keep coming up on this podcast. <laughs> and um, and anyway, a friend of ours had been going. Boring Mike. He'd been going to the hockey with his family for quite a few years, and. I just sort of said, you guys really should come down. And we didn't really have the time because we were playing so much sport in those days. Um, but anyway, we put the bullet, went went once and literally fell in love with it. I mean, we saw people trying to, you know, in our eyes, like put put, himself, put themselves through the glass, you know, windows we thought they were at the time. There was fights, there was goals. Like, it was just amazing. I was like, fell in love with it from thereafter and kind of built a relationship with these guys in the shop. And that is that. It, it what kind of shop were you at? Is a clothes shop, like a, like a retail store. Actually, it was like I I I remember it was more of a it was a kind of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of affair because we would like go around the shop um, just naturally and like hide things around the shop in like these nooks and crannies, um, and they. I'd have these clothes there literally for about two and a half years until they went down and down and down in the sale. So we would then purchase them at sale time and they'd be like, you know, 85% off. Yeah. And we started like doing that for the hockey boys. 
And like Chris, had, he had like a 20% discount card as well. So we were saying, oh, I'll just like leave it here with us. Come back in like four months and you'll buy it again. And you'll save like 300 quid on this suit or whatever. <laughs> oh, man, mega. Cheers, dude. Thanks. Here's some tickets on the door for the game. Yeah. Like, oh, legend. We'll go to that end. So we used to finish work, whip over the ice rink, which was in the middle of the town. Get on the piss. Yeah, get on the piss. And then hopefully if it was a Sunday, we'd stay around. And then we just hit the town with the boys afterwards. And then it was just... From there onwards, just a shit show for the last 15 years. <laughs> so it's been 15 years, eh? And like, like I, I remember uh, one conversation we had. I was like, so like the hockey players, you guys keep getting older, but the hockey players stay the same age. <laughs> That's the fucking problem. <laughs> I'm knocking on the 40 now, and I still got to mix it with the youngsters, but... Like, oh, those those Sunday nights, man. Well, like we could do them standing on our heads back in the day. They, they were easy. But then, you know, the last four or five years, it's like, oh, man. Because yeah. we'd go out on a Saturday, too, and watch the games. And then maybe if it was a home game on a Sunday, you know, go out again. And it was like, oh, we got, we got work Monday. You guys have got Monday off. So <laughs> it started to come to the age where we got to wind it down. You know, we yeah. just... We just got to say no to that sick shot. Yeah. Oh, well, it's hard, though, because, like, it's really, really fun, right? And uh, it's oh. fun getting to know hockey players all over the world. Like, I miss every year meeting new guys, and that's what you guys would do, right? You'd have the core group come back that would all know you, and you'd all be buddies, and then you bring in the new guys, and then that you get is. to know them, and it just keeps going, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, like, there's, there's no better feeling, like, when we win, because, you know, it's like – Watching our well, it is watching our mates' place. It is like a vested interest, you know, like friends or whatever. Well, it's like and, your brothers in Canada. Yeah. You'd call it that. I don't, I don't know if that's mates in the UK, but you guys are like our brothers when you were there. Yeah, hundred percent. And like you get, you get like this buzz. You have a couple of pints, and I'm like, ah, oh, we're leaving the car now, bro. And and then before you know it, we're down Chippy Lane and up last three with cheese chips and gravy, falling into Christ knows where. And um, yeah, <laughs> got. To get home, take me get his car in the morning and do work. Oh, yeah, I don't know how you guys did some of the work on Monday when all the boys would have it off and you guys would still have to go to the real world. <laughs> you guys are troopers. Um, so then just to keep it on our, my normal path here, though, the question is where and what are you doing now? Oh, as in, like, so where are in, we? Yeah, where do you live and what do you do? So we're, at, we're well, we're in my house in a place called, uh, well, we call it Costa del Cafili. It's not just Cafili. And especially on a day like today when it's 30 sodding degrees, um, it, it, it is definitely Costa del Cafili. So, you know, only a few miles outside of Cardiff. And um, we both we both work in medical devices. So um, probably best keep the company name <laughs> off this one. But yeah, devices is our game medical devices are your game well um i think it's great that you guys found your passion for hockey and uh so i guess it'll be a whole new crew kind of thing when uh, this new season starts eh yeah yeah like i mean we've had um we've had several meetings with franny our other liaison officer but to be fair to him it's like trying to get blood out with stones so if he's been good like none the wiser really but yeah exciting times you know like you know, we've obviously lost the goat, but you know, a big, big mate of ours, and just wish him all the best. Couldn't, couldn't love anyone more than that guy, you know. But yeah. an opportunity, wish him all the best. You never know. You know, Cardiff's always going to be in his, 
in his deepest of hearts, you know, so never rule out a comeback. But um, yeah, like excited. Like, you know, the new coach seems an absolute legend. Franny and Todd can't speak highly enough for him. You know, you, you hear the guy speak, he's like massively passionate and um, seems like a, like a good swigger too. So we're going to have some tip, looking forward to tipping a few back with him when we can. Yeah, no, it'll be fun when you get it'll. There'll be so much excitement and anticipation when it actually gets going again. Um, I, and I, I, I look forward to hearing what goes on at this year's golf tournament if there is one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the team will come together again, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, how we know each other, part two, because <laughs> this is where the tales come in, right? Um, I would say after the golf tournament and having that one day and I'm like, are these guys sponsors? What are they? And, uh, then I would, I lived, I had, uh, Colby was very little at the time. Zoe Zoe was just in the oven, I think, but, uh, Hendo and Hoth's apartments were right by mine. So, um, that is where I would see you guys and we would, uh, connect, eh? I'd get yeah. Colby in bed and uh, and and head over to Hendo and Hoffs. Yeah, I I I'd always <laughs> I'd always remember, man. Like we we'd get over there in the evenings, and you got like Hoth with maybe like a, a mountain of pretzel just ripping on NHL fifteen or whatever, and, and, and a then, two liter of Pepsi. Uh, two yeah. liters of Pepsi, just crushing it. You like one of those hard hats with like you know <laughs> two cup holders each side of the ears. That's what I always pick. Um, and Hendo was there, obviously, just dying to go out and stuff. And <laughs> I remember one time when you you were coming back, you were just on your own, and you looked really solemn and really grumpy. And you came in, and you were like, hey, guys, what's going on? I was like, oh, we're just about to head out. It's like, ah, shit. I just got to go to the gym, get get some sort of shape here. And we're like, you want a beer? He's like, uh, yeah, I'll take a beer. <laughs> you, you, you think one, and you go... Ah, probably one more won't hurt. And then you think another one. And then we get into the wine. And then you go, well, that's the gym over. Better go back to the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know, you have the right attitude. You want to work out and things get in the way, right? Yeah. But that apartment, that, that apartment could tell some stories, man. And that's where our dear third brother, we call him, because if you plant the dead in the middle of us, the transition from sort of me being brownie red Hendo in the middle of the steep being flame red. But um he introduced us to uh his beloved whiskey. Oh dear. and I must yeah, I must admit I was I, I was never a fan, but the guy, you know, talked talked us into it and Christ almighty, the amount of times that bottle should never have made it out the cupboard, but it made it out the cupboard mm-hmm. and we shot some shit. Like he, he <laughs> it's the best. And of course he still lives here now. He's obviously with Laura and the little nipper hunter. And uh, we've had some lovely days, man. And yeah, he's just an absolute beaut. Absolute beaut. I think he was episode 45. I don't know. I've had so many. But yeah, Hendo is a beauty. And that he still lives there. And you guys get to see him still, right? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just just going back to the gym thing. Did they... Team, tell you to you, that you needed like extra gym sessions in the evening to just try and get um, back in game shape, or is that a uh, myth? Which season are we talking about? Because <laughs> it happened both seasons, but um, I think uh, the the in between the two years in Cardiff, Lordo made me um, send him everything that went in my mouth every day of the summer, 
Um, and I fudged the numbers and I, I was still getting in trouble. <laughs> uh, that was, that was, seeing you know, how grumpy you were coming in those days was just amazing. Well, I, I like to live and, um, I don't like all these restrictions. Um, and we don't have those anymore. So thank you to the Bayfield Brewing Company for supporting the pod yet again. <laughs> and this has been a hazy sunset. <laughs> Um, but anyways, uh, Lisa just walked in. She wants to say hi right in the middle of the pod. Hey, Lisa. Oh, well, anyways, Lisa's here. She was going to say hi. I'll put her on the headset. So she... Hey, hey Lisa. Oh, this is serious stuff. Hi. How are you going, girl? I'm good. How are you guys? You, you're looking bronzed up. <laughs> Thanks. Beach weather, you know. Looks lovely where you are. Where, when are we going to see you guys? Oh, just send us the invite. We're there. Just yeah. As soon as COVID clears off and we get some, some jabs in us, we'll be over. Yeah, we're hoping to come over there sooner than later, too. Yeah, we'll, we, we'd love to come over soon. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, enjoy, guys. I just wanted to pop in and say hi. Nice to see you, Lise. Cheers, Lise. Bye, love. And thanks again to her for supporting Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. Uh, that's her first time on the show, folks. We've had Colby and Zoe. This is a family pod, eh, guys? Yeah, that's sure. Like, <laughs> like dolls. Um, speaking of Hendo at Hoth's apartment, though, I was their uh, alarm clock that year. Um, and I would, I'd come in with Colby. And after, if I knew they had had a night out with you boys, I would be so jealous. And I would want to know what had happened so bad and how much fun they had. And it drove me insane to not be there. So I would come in with Colby before 9 a.m. and make sure they were up and that I knew what had happened. Yeah. Uh, I miss those days. Yeah. They were, they were the best. I'm surprised, I'm surprised Hendo can remember half of them, to be honest, because we took him out for a Beaujolais day once. Oh, and yeah. uh, he literally lost, lost track of about... I'd say 12 hours. Uh, yeah. Thresher Belgian wit beer. <laughs> um, but no, He's I've a- actually, that's one of the oh. things I have written down of how we know each other in part two here. Um, other than Hendo and Hoth's apartment is uh, Beaujolais Day in Cardiff um, with Lisa was there. That was the one night we didn't have a kid with us or kids and we had a babysitter and we went out and i remember being with you guys at tiger tiger can you explain to the crowd beaujolais day in cardiff um yeah you can it's a pretty simple concept you wake up as early as possible hang outside a bar until it opens at about 11 a.m sit down and drink wine for the entire morning the entire afternoon until the early as early hours of the evening um And and there's a a, a well-known stat in Cardiff that the busiest time of A&E in terms of drunken admittance, um, even over New Year's Eve and Christmas Eve, is Beaujolais Day. And the demographic of patients coming in are females over the age of 50 years old. That's how weird it gets. <laughs> yeah, because there, there's like full-grown adults like on the streets of Cardiff like shitting themselves, right? Oh, yeah. man, it is. It is so strange as, as you know... Um, a, a kind of younger male walking around to see um, the, you know, the, the beacons of society, really, you know, <laughs> lawyers, doctors, you know, nurses even, um, absolutely crushed on street corners. 
slumped over in Chippy Lane, not even bothering to finish a kebab, this old drunk. I mean, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to outgrow that. I know they do that around here, but even here, it's all every 10 years, we have an old boys reunion in our town, and that's when every everybody in town it doesn't matter whether you're the mayor or not you dress up in something very outrageous and walk the streets yeah this this celebrates is, is a is a traditional thing wasn't it It was like the race for the bars that are in cardiff and swansea to get over to france to buy the beaujolais wine to bring it back to drink and i think over the years it's just gone like well we'll probably not go to france and do that we'll just you know stock up early and get everyone in early doors and get absolutely sh- the day <laughs> yeah no that uh i remember that day when uh because obviously lisa and i never had many nights out on the town but the ones when you boys were out with us it just there there are nights i remember and they stick with me like i wrote down how we know each other and i literally remember every single night i got to spend with you guys because they were that much fun um but other ways is how we first got to know each other. And this is after you meet Kelman at the golf. He, you guys actually came into the BBT locker room with trays, <laughs> trays of beer, trays of beers. And, and the did. team would allow that. that. That was acceptable, right? That was hockey back then. It was. To be fair, Lordo was good as gold. Like, absolutely good as gold. Because previously to that, Jared Adams, another good mate of ours, was, you know, slightly more looser, should we say, down at the down at the big blue tent. Um, but yeah, that that sort of continued. Never, never on a loss, but pretty much guaranteed always on a win. And if we were out, we'd be coming in hot and we'd be munching on the pizzas, but we'd provide some beers as well. <laughs> I think I think we'll get mad, man, because he um there was a certain pizza he liked, so did I. And uh many a time we'd sit down and just chew a pizza. Surrounded by a load of naked blokes, but all swigging cans, man. It was just, it's just the best. <laughs> Those nights in the big blue tent locker room were the best, weren't they? Uh, I, I love, I love the way, like, I love the guests you have on the show, like the old players who played in Cardiff. And like, I love the way they remember the big blue tent because it's, it's, I think it's like as a fan, I think it's probably how you want it to be remembered, like an absolute hole from the outside and potentially inside as well. But like you, you would you wouldn't swap those days for anything else now. Like the, the victories in there, the noise it made, like the atmosphere, the family feel of, you know, that little bar and everything. It was it was yeah. pretty, pretty cool place to be in those years. You oh. know, the wind and tarpaulin like flapping around the place in the winter. <laughs> like you're always thinking the wood's gonna collapse, got a bit of rot in it, and crumbs, what's gonna happen here? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, and like for the player side, we'd be sitting in the room and you could hear all the feet stomp and all above you. And you're like, are they actually going to fall through? Like, are they going to fall on top of us? But like, it was so electric. And then like the family feel, Colby was a bigger celebrity than me in Cardiff. He'd go on the ice and he'd be throwing snowballs at the fans and they would all be chanting his name. And uh, it was a family feel. And then you you hit the bar and like, it was good for my night out was just going and having beers with the fans. Yeah, amazing. The, amazing. The, the dressing room was actually the best place to be because you didn't have to queue for any beers or food. You just go and say, oh, congratulations, lads. Like, where are we off tonight? Just like get a get a stall, get you know, get comfortable in the store. Beers are coming your way, you get pizza coming your way. Like, bro, this is this is class. They should do this more often. Yeah. Oh, and then you got great tunes playing. There's people oh, dancing, some of them naked, right? 
<laughs> you? <laughs> well, I, I did dance a lot um, in the <laughs> locker room. I'm a fantastic dancer, which um, gets me into um, uh, your talents. Um, one of my questions, this is, we'll get off topic here for a second, is do you think your, this is for questions for Steve, is your top talent piano, dancing, singing, or rapping? Ooh, that's a really tough question. It's definitely not piano because, um, yeah, I'm not that good on piano. Um, singing, no, because I just get by. Dancing, I'm too unfit to do it as I used to do it. You know, in my mind, I've got something that's going on. But when I look at myself in the reflection in the club, it's definitely not happening. Is that um, right? I always, I, you always had it, man. I always, I, I, the way I explain it is, it's like a, a tall drink of ginger that moves like Michael Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, for for all his discrepancies, old MJ, you can't, you can't, you know, fault. He is one hell of a mover, and uh, trying to emulate some of his moves in Revolution to Cuba over the last ten years has, you know, got some attention. But the older I get, and the more out of shape I get. Um, the more profusely I sweat. And then I just look like this massive ginger monster coming through <laughs> the dance floor, trying to get like a pint of water to rehydrate before I get back out there for round two. <laughs> oh, yeah, that reminds me of uh, one of the teammates at your wedding. I tried to do the worm at it and I was like a beached whale. <laughs> uh, you guys never made it to Canada for that. So one of my other questions was... Um, how many weddings have you guys been invited to in Canada? You, you know, like quite a lot. Uh, I know. I figure. I figured that because if if I would have got married after I met you, you would have been invited to mine too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like there's there's been so many invites, but you can't do them all sometimes because you you know your calendar in the summers just doesn't allow it. So. I and think the, I, and like price, right? Like it would cost a lot to make all those. Like you live in the UK. Yeah. It's normally in July. And then you think to yourself like, oh, if you go to Canada in July, then you may as well go across the stampede first and then go to the wedding after. We did that one year, Walter's wedding. That that was an amazing time. And, you know, that's that's the time we met Deeds on his home patch for that uh, week. So that that's was it. an amazing time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say we've probably been invited to about 15 but we probably only attended maybe seven just because, you know, sometimes it clashed with weddings back home here. And, you know, classic example was like Marshy's. We'd, we'd really want to go to Marshy's and yeah. it was just, you know, the, the timing to get to Vancouver and then back to where we need to be for another wedding in Italy was just like, just too hard. Um, and you guys did make Hoth's wedding, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I heard, because uh, I've been with you, we'll get to this this trip later, but um, I've seen you grab a microphone before and take over. Um, I heard that might have happened at Toth's wedding. Um, yeah, like just free entertainment, isn't it? Just got to get a, just got to get the dance floor going. I think like, I always think it's not really me trying to rap as such. It's me doing an impression of a rapper. It's not like me loving the song. It's literally like I'm trying to do an impression. It's more comedy than anything. And I think I was up there. I think I was doing like, um, uh, it might be like Macklemore or something. I got like Carl Hudson. He's pretty much butt naked next to me. <laughs> then he starts trying to undress me as I'm on the mic. And like, everyone's just absolutely loving it. They're just losing. So everyone else starts taking their clothes off and like whipping their shirts around their head. It just got like, it was like a jar Rule video by the end of it. <laughs> it got a bit out of hand and Car Carl started people taking their clothes off. Is that right? 
yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've seen it before and yes. it'll probably happen again. I, I've seen it happen on like a team bus trip from the airport. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so, so the Hoth wedding was just unreal and, you know, so appreciative of Ashley, his lovely wife and him to invite us out there. I took like, uh, um, fat Alan came along and boring Mike as well. They had a great time. I think that was maybe boring Mike's first time over. So he, he enjoyed the hospitality. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, like I, 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 I did wonder one thing though about our wedding, like, I didn't know, in, and maybe this is a Canadian thing, and I'm just not used to it, but the, the MC of the wedding were, was calling people up to say a few words, um, and they, they kind of called uh, someone bef just before me, and then they called me, and I walked up and gave me a piece of paper and a microphone at the same time. So the girl who'd gone before me had said something really, really lovely. I was like, oh, that's really eloquent of her. That, you know, how wonderful to say those things. And then they gave me the mic and a piece of paper. I didn't bother looking at the piece of paper. I just grabbed the mic and started doing like a full on speech. Like I was like, I was like the best man or something. So I started like wandering around and like <laughs> leaning, taking a piss out of people in the crowd. And, you know, the, I can see the MC like eyes widening going, what the fuck is I doing? So he walks over to me and taps me and said, yeah, we just want you to read this. I'm like, oh, sorry, bro. I'm like, uh, yeah, um, have a lovely day. You look great together. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know that they told you what to say. Um, but since uh, this family podcast, there's another guy here that you spent a night at Tiger Tiger in a back VIP room oh, where he, you, you oh. did some rapping as well. Oh, look out, Mr. Walton. Idiot. How are you, sir? You're, well, let me get my hat off. <laughs> Haven't Idiot. seen you boys in about six years. I know, and you looking better for you it as well. Good, man. Oh, hey, like father, like son. Captain Ronnie, that's what it's called. Lovely stuff. Oh, you're, you're, you're making us jealous here. Yeah? I, I remember you did a dance for me one night and some rapping. <laughs> was that the private show back at the hotel or was that our one in the uh, in the club that we did? It was in the club, yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, we don't talk about Just the other checking. one. We don't talk about it. <laughs> so you guys are good? We're good, sir. Yeah, how are yeah. you keeping? Fantastic. I just retired and I just cruise around like a the donkey I should be. Maybe, maybe you should be like an addition now. Now you're retired to the podcast. Like, be is kind of like co-anchor. I think that would be a cool kind of twist to the two whales in hockey. I, I doubt if he would go for that. And I don't like having a schedule. <laughs> hey, so it's a proper family affair down there. Oh, yeah. Everybody's here on the beach. and Amazing. We're having a good time. I'm going to let you guys get back to it. I'd love to come over and visit again. Hey, anytime. Man. Always a place you here. Hey, you guys are a riot. <laughs> I'm sure I was too. <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, Captain Ronnie. He's drinking a Captain Ronnie from our sponsor, the Bayfield Brewing Company. Um, that's the old man, Ronald. Um, so yeah, no, and that's uh, the one thing you guys did though, is I've heard it from other people that were playing for the Devils. When their families came over, Deed said the same thing. Um, when people came over to see Cardiff and they go on their vacation and spend their money to go see some hockey, like 
they probably don't anticipate meeting guys like you and having as much fun as they do. And then feeling like they got like lifetime friends. Like when I told my old man, you guys were coming on today, he knew exactly who I was talking about. He remembered the night in the back VIP room of tiger tiger, where there was some rapping and dancing going on. And like that, I don't, you just, you, you guys probably don't realize what you do for people's uh, vacations, you know? I think that's, that's really kind. I think, you know, there's, there's synergies between, I'm not sure if this is like right to say, but I always feel like the Welsh and the Canadians are very similar in this. Yeah. I think do. that like we kind of pride ourselves on like looking after people who are traveling to the country and, you know, making sure they have a good time. And, you know, for sure, every time, every single time I've been to North America or, or you know, Canada specifically, because I've been there more, like I've been looked after like an absolute king. You know, there's nothing that the, the, the old teammates or your current teammates wouldn't do for us. You know, Deeds was, I think he gave that example. And like, this just goes to show what type of guy he is. Like, I to wanted drive. to bring that trip up as he, I, I thought you, we needed to discuss this. And I heard your other buddy, the, 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 the I guess the stepbrother, Fat Allen was there too, eh? Oh, he oh was, yeah, yeah. He was there. He was yeah. there. Trying to, trying to keep the leash on him. I heard story. he slept in a crib when he stayed at Deeds's. That was that was the last night. Like we we just couldn't get him to bed. He was just out cold, drunk. So the best place for him was like a child's crib on the porch. Dragged down from <laughs> it was easier to drag the crib down from upstairs and plunk him in it than carry him uh, to his own bedroom. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Th those those trips over every trip to Canada. Just just wanted to say like use the platform to say like thanks to everyone yeah. who's ever had us to come and stay at their house or you know, picked us up from an airport or invited us to a wedding because, you know, it, it goes a long way. And if you, if you do that, you know, we're, we're always going to be friends for life over here. And, and there's always a place to come back to in, in Wales with us two around. Well, if you guys ever need a ride from the airport, there's most people that played for the Devils would be there. I know I would be there. <laughs> um, yeah, and I can't wait to get back over there someday and see you fellas again. Um, that's the hard part, right? Is you become brothers with people and then then they yeah. head back to Canada on you, probably, eh? Yeah, that's, that's the tough bit, man, because you you know, you kind of wait with with not not bated breath so much, but you selfishly you want everyone to come back year in, year out. Yeah. Because but then in the same token of breath, where some guys go maybe end careers or whatever, we've had an absolute blast. Then you get the new blood in and they're beauties as well. And you meet them. And Steve's right. There's definitely, definitely a synergy between Canadians and Welsh people. 100%. Like we all know how to good laugh, respectful, and, um, you know, kind of like good, good values, man. And yeah. like that goes so far. And, and suffice to say, the new guys coming in this year, it'll be sad to see those go, but we'll, we'll get it on with these dudes. Oh yeah, and, uh, for sure you will. You guys can get it on with anybody. Um, but well, so we don't just pass over the trip there. And you guys said what people do for you. Um, Deeds episode fourteen when he came on, we raved about you guys a little bit. But one thing I thought I'd mention is like when guys are buddies with you, then I know they're my cup of tea. They're they'd be my buddies too. So like when I didn't know him, but I we had the connection of you guys. I'm like. Oh yeah. He's, he's my type of guy. And then he came on and you could just tell he'd be a good teammate, like a good leader nowadays, like that he's grown up and the way he spoke, he's the type of guy you'd want on your team, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he, he is. I tell you, man, Wally, he's, he's one of the best, that boy. 
That's and the way what I heard around here when people around here heard I was having him on. All they said was he's known as a gem in these parts. Yeah, yeah, that like so much fun, like respect for him as a as a hockey player, but just as a bloke, you know, incredibly thoughtful. You mentioned that trip, like we had no idea what the hell we were walking into when we got off our plane to be. No, did not have a clue. Saw him, and then he's like, "Yeah, we, you know, we got a ride in his good mate Brocker." Um, who's our good mate and and with his dad, um, who sadly's passed away now. But anyway, his dad, um, Martin, had, had sorted out um, a stretched Hummer limousine. I shit you not. Me, Stephen Allen, got off the. Of, we're looking around, thinking to myself, is this fucking for real? All the disco lights are popping. The, there's cool boxes in there, um, stacked with beers. You know, you meet the guy for the first time. He's a lovely, lovely bloke. You just, you know, you hugged him. You knew there's an instant connection. This is Brocker's dad. And, uh, you know, away we went. And it was the best, it was the most fun ride from an airport I've ever had. Well, we've ever had in our lives. The place was jammed. And um, just, yeah, just looked after us, man, from start to finish. Just a legend of a bloke. I think the Wally, like, you know, when, when you get players like DZ and those types of guys, you know, that are, hated by every other team around the league it, it always just goes to show how much they care about the fans that they're playing for and you know that the, their teammates are that particular time I think it, it, it always happens like Vatha was the same you know everyone hated Vatha but like he is one of my closest friends to this very day yeah. you know every everyone wants a player like Vatha everyone wants to play like Deeds in their team because of the stuff they do on the ice um, and, 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 and that's the sports side but Generally, you know, they, everyone is a good guy. Like when, when you speak to the hockey guys, there's, there's for, from our experience anyway, you know, the, you're always going to get people who you don't click with as well. But everyone has always been so nice has come through that that Cardiff Devils team, and you know, we we've got really close with a few, and 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 some you don't. But it's it's always been a really nice experience meeting everyone. Well, I think the hockey world in general, like the guys that last a long time are good teammates. Like in the hockey world, if you're not a good guy, if you're not a good dude, you'll get weeded out pretty quick. Cause every, yeah. every team you go to, they've asked everybody on the previous four teams, what you're like. And if you have a couple people say you're not a good dude, well, there's enough guys to go around. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I loved Cardiff so much is because the guys they brought in, they did the research and like, there were some just absolute legends that first year, like just yeah. personality wise, like, just, like the Carl Hudson's Hendo Hoth. Um, like there's so many guys, Dougie, like they're yeah. just absolute legends on and off the ice. Right. They had personality. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. And Franny and um, Kalman often tell a story like, Oh, that team was signed. And it was just very much like, do you know him? Is he a good guy? Like personal recommendations. And it just, it's just, you know, defining exactly what you just said there. But so yeah, man. Um, okay. So then I guess, I think we'll get into one more tale here before we get back to how we know each other is uh, it came up on the Chris Blight episode. Um, he said, he's never heard your version of the story of, uh, of deeds roommate. Paul Bizonette's first night in Cardiff. Oh shit, man! That 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 was this is like a monumental story. But I think Blight 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 had told it very well. But it's um, it, it's like one of those situations which I don't think you can really recall or re retell 
exactly because we were honestly all so banged up that night. Like I could, I was speaking to Chris, like we're going on Wally's podcast. They probably want to know about that biz story. I'm like, can you remember anything that happened from like Copa onwards? And he's like, not really. No. All we remember is him coming in. Like it was me, DD, Chris and Batchy. And Batchy was like, like 14 or something at the time. (laughs) terrified like you know holding like a pint in two hands uh, stealth mode because you know, <laughs> Sh- <of> shivering <laughs> yeah up on the line for batchy in those days you know you need to make a good impression his first couple of years <laughs> but then you get like deeds who's pretty just much like yeah well you know it always seems to work out whatever i do so you know let's let's get him out and then biz arrives and we sit down we probably have like you know, like legitimately like eight eight beers in the one pub just like so excited and then Actually, can't remember anything after that. All I know is Batchy bailed earlier. Then Deedsy went. And I think we were in like Cristal or something till about two o'clock in the morning, like a Friday night. We get out, realize Biz doesn't really know how to get home. No. So we're like, we'll drop you home. No, not drop. No, in the taxi. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll take you home in the taxi. So we get back and then it's the realization he has... Only deeds his number. He has no house key. So me and Chris are like, well, we're pretty tired. So like we're thinking about maybe getting this taxi back home to our houses. And he's like, yeah, just hold on. Just hold on, guys. Got to get in this house here. So banging on this door like three o'clock, like the neighbors are, are up and, and telling us to keep it down. So we're like, oh, man, this is bad news. Chris, we're like getting stressed out. Like we're going to like ruin his time in Cardiff in the first like literally first six hours he's landed. So we take the decision. Deeds will probably wake up in, in, you know, a couple of hours. So we'll just jump in the car, you know, put the seats back, get the heating on, and we'll keep phoning Deeds constantly until he wakes up. So after about, like, two hours, it gets to, like, four in the morning, and, you know, we're phoning him, but, like, he's not answering. And Chris car is, like, dying because he's got this, like, uh, BMW at the time it was. And the thing is, like, dying. So we have, it's like middle of winter, Wally. It's freezing. So we have to shut the car down, turn the heat off. We have to get in the boot and get like these blazers. Chris always goes around with like 60 blazers in his car, just in case. The, boot, the boots, the trunk, folks. <laughs> Sorry. So no, Chris no, it's in- all good. We got to have all the versions of how to say it odd here. Chris gets in the trunk and then, you know, we, we, we're like, you know, covering the uh, biz up in like these suit jackets. And he's just trying to cover him to make sure he's warm. So... Even on a stairwell, mate. Yeah, we're, 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 well, it's in the back of the car at this point. Yeah. So <laughs> it comes like around to about five, half past five. And then it's, it's business, like, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to phone um, one of the guys from the, the, one of the girls from the office. So this poor lady, you know, like, she has to travel out of her house at about five in the morning, come to the car, like, with keys, get in there. And then me and Chris are like, oh, well, we're just going to get out of here. And then we'll see what happens after the game. Bearing in mind, bearing in mind, what we haven't told you is that the morning of this, the boys are flying to Scotland. No, driving in a bus. Oh, driving, yeah, sorry, driving in a bus, yeah. So I was like, Steve, man, Calman is going to fuck. No, it was G. Oh, G. (laughs) See, this is how drunk we were. We can't even recall the story properly. But we were just massively panicked that we've, you know, we've actually spoiled the star guy's first six hours in the country. He has to drive seven hours to Scotland. But it turns out he scored like two goals and had an assist. Yeah. So we were like lauded as, you know, whatever the George brothers did on that night, I'll make sure they do it again before the next game. And I was like, well, I don't think I got that in me. Um, yeah. 
that yeah that's a legendary story um for the cardiff history there with biz um i that makes me wonder when you say it's g or kelman um what kind of impact does it have well, who the coach is and the gm or because you guys have been around the team you say 15 years and you know like i i had a lot of fun with you it was always on green light nights right but as you're mentioning it, you're getting on a bus to Scotland the next day. That probably wasn't a green light for the boys. Um, no. And then like, what are there coaches that would have to have, like, would you guys get sat down like your players and be like, let's guys enough's enough here. Like we were trying to win a championship or like, did you ever have those talks with the coaches as non-players? I think, I think it was more like, um, we, you know, we just had a bit undercover in a little bit of stealth. I think like G, G definitely knew yeah. what was going on. Especially, especially that year in Poncana, where, where the team basically lived on Poncana, um, and it was a really the record breaking year in, in 20, 2010, was it? Yeah. yeah, they they were living down there 2010, 2011, and and they they all kind of lived in this weird like kind of backset courtyard thing. So the majority of the team lived there, and I think that did wonders for morale and like living in each other's pockets. It was such, such a great experience for them to live in that kind of environment. But in Poncana, there's a lot of temptation on the doorstep. He's um, basically like these cool places to go in walking distance. And like, I remember it was literally every Friday night, it would be me, Votha, Pal, Stewie McRae, Thinner, Max Beerbrayer. We'd be in a bar. What was it called? Um, Conway. The, the, no, oh, the no, cam- no, the Cameo. Cameo, yeah. The Cameo Club, like every Friday, Wally. It was like, it almost got like a religious thing that we had to go to the Cameo on a Friday, no matter whether they were playing away, whether they were playing home. Like, and some guys would go in there for like breakfast, lunch, a couple of pints, going home, coming back, a couple of pints Friday night. <laughs> Honestly, and, and, and that was the year, like, they, they were like 21 games. Yeah. Uh, no, and they, to me, you know, I know everybody's into like the all the the getting an edge uh, i still in my career was the teams that were closest the teams that loved each other the most and were best friends were the teams that won it wasn't about how much yeah. they worked out it wasn't about the diets it was about like loving the other guys on the team and like i know you guys probably don't want me to keep saying this but like you guys were a big part of that in cardiff like you guys helped bring the team together like whether at the bar when you'd grab the mic and you just change the night, it would make the night more fun for everybody there. Every wife would tell the story to people back home that you should see these brothers and what they did. And like, it brings everybody that comes to Cardiff, like they love playing there more because of you two donkeys. <laughs> I tell you, um, I tell you a good one though. Steve, just remind you of this. Um, when, when the boys were living in Poncana, Voth had been banned uh, for, I don't know, his 10th fight or something. And he'd, he's actually got his, his hand all sort of tied up. And um, Pels was out for some reason. And the boys were playing away. And somebody, a certain Ryan Finity, used to never lock his house. So we got pissed up. And uh, we're walking back. It's around Christmas time. So Finner and his wife, you know, they had the decorations up. And we're like, Fucking finish house is open. Let's just let's just go in and have a look. So go in and have a look. And he's living in like uh well, you know, a house. And Pals goes, Hey guys, I got an idea. Let's move everything upstairs, downstairs. <laughs> wow. So the plan, the plan actually at first was we were gonna try and get some super glue and super glue his entire downstairs to his ceiling. Yeah. 
but we didn't have any glue. So the next best thing, we're like, right, everything downstairs is going upstairs and vice versa. And literally, when, when, I, say, when I say everything, he, the, when he, <laughs> he walked, um, took us, it took us about four hours. Like, we had the beds were out in the street. We like, proper, like, coordinating stuff. Both is pissing himself. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a just, full-on removal company. We yeah. did such a good job pissed yeah. up. It was, like, a good time. Literally, we, we unwrapped his wife's boots and just stuck him under the tree. So as he, as he walked into what he thought was the kitchen, <laughs> there was his bed, lampshades, you know, everything. <laughs> Wally, there. Wally, honestly, Wally, this, this, this time as well. So his, like, Christmas trees out and everything. So, like, we, we took all the baubles off and the tinsel and we, like, put a tree upstairs in his bedroom. We put the sofas in his bedroom. We put, like, the, the dining table, the, the, the TV in the court. Honestly, man, it was like a show home in there. We yeah. were so proud of ourselves. And then it was, like, MTV style. So, Pels had his phone out and we were, like, doing, the, like, these Cribs videos. So, we were, like, going, hey, well, uh, I'm Ryan Finity. Welcome to, <laughs> to MTV Cribs. And I like, like to live a little unconventionally. I like to have my bed in my kitchen sofa in my bedroom <laughs> oh man it was and and you know what he 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 has yeah. actually stayed in that house in that state because i think his wife went away to on holiday somewhere to greece and he stayed in that setup um for about two and a half weeks he did. i was like how's it going man he's like it's actually pretty good you know i wake up in the morning just like reach over make a coffee <laughs> go, go upstairs check the presents under the tree <laughs> he took you like a champ uh, that reminds me that uh, there, uh, it's a little different, but in college, um, we were the party house and, um, a, a young lady fell asleep on her couch and a couple of the boys decided to, um, well, there was a table for support, so nothing would really fall on her, but they, they piled the apartment on top of her. Right. So when she woke up, um, she, the whole apartment had been built on top of her. So, yeah, I was going then. I was yeah. a bit worried. No, no, they just they just stacked everything on top of her. So when she she woke up, there was like a mountain of stuff. <laughs> um, I I wouldn't I was not involved in that one. But moving on is uh, that's awesome that you guys did that. That's legendary stuff, right? And then that's uh, something he's pro that story he's probably told a hundred times in his life. I bet. Um, story I was curious about is we never explained your who your friend is, Fat Allen, and um, has he been knocked out by a cabbie before? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so so he's my best friend. Um, so I've known him since I was like four. So we, we you know, he he is basically like our third brother. Um, it just he just can't drink as much. Um, you know, in in bless him, he tries his best, but he just can't. So he, he does sometimes get himself into a few scrapes. And I think the story you're referring to is uh, when he decided it was a good idea to try and stop a taxi by river dancing on the hood. <laughs> yeah, that, that backfired hugely. Uh, I won't go into the details, but let's just say there was blue lights coming down pretty fast towards us uh, after that event. So, but he, he, loves, he loves the hockey as well. And, you know, you've met him. Uh, countless times he's uh he's an absolute diamond of a guy just yeah. one of the funniest blokes he's not he's not fat his name's not alan his <laughs> name Curtis. he's relatively skinny hello right. lately, oh. lately maybe not but COVID's you know, he's, got us all. he's uh <laughs> he's an absolute diamond and yeah i mean we, we take him down uh to the hockey and we take his, his his boy down to the hockey as well and 
Griff's become like a massive fan as well. He uh, he loves Batchy for some reason. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but uh, he's a he's he's a he's a great guy to have on your team, Alan. I, I recommend you know everyone having one or trying to find one. Yeah, everybody needs a fat Alan. Everyone he's, needs a fat. He's the guy, Wally. He's the guy that drives us down, and really? hence we have no reason to worry whether temptation. Whether we bite the temptation carrot and then end up staying out till three AM. So Oh, that's we're awesome. Well done, Fat Al. He's good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Top bloke. Um, okay. Then uh I know we're all over the place here, but curious question, because one of the ways I got written down how we know each other is the challenge cup. Um, we won that year. And um, like you guys were on the ice, and like you guys were on the ice faster than like I think Todd was our GM. Like you guys were on the ice before anybody. And I remember Hoth skating to you and like you were, you guys are embracing the team and like you guys are part of the team. You just aren't very strong skaters. Right. So I'll start it. He finishes it. Cause I, I, how the hell he did it. I don't know, but it, it, it came to an end and our, and our late really, really good friend Figgis was here with us up in the box and um, I just remember getting getting down to those like dying seconds. I'm like, fuck, we're going to win, we're going to win, we're going to win. And of course, when we won, I mean, we were all hugging and how we didn't end up flying over the, the barrier beyond me. And then we're like, shit, but like, fuck, we just got to get down there. So we bowled it out. Funny enough, saw Kelman. We're in the lift, jumping around the place. I think Franny's in there. I think his wife's in there. The two kids are in there. The lift won't go anywhere because there's too many people and too much excitement and activity. Then we get to the bottom, we get shut down, and he'll tell you what happened because it was a stroke of genius. <laughs> yeah, so, like, we, we get down there, and we're, we're just expecting, you know, um, these guys to let us on. We, we, we're part of the crew, you know? They, we, we're jumping on the ice no matter what happens. And these bouncers in Sheffield, like, you know, the, the security guards are just, like, having none of it. So there's a little bit of to and fro in, and, and eventually there's, like, a little bit of a leeway for just family members, you know, no one else, just family. Todd got it through that it's just family. And I see Laura, Franny's missus, like <laughs> coming down the aisle, struggling with, you know, two young daughters, like two and four. I'm like, looking around, I was like, all right, oh, my family members, family. I'm like, Laura, give us one of them kids. <laughs> so me and Chris get like, Sophia and Holly pick them up yeah. like yeah family family on the ice on the ice. <laughs> like sprinting through oh my god like you, you just can't believe it that, that you know and and I think there's a common misconception here that like we see we, we get on the ice um with like tickets or passes or something it's like that's just not the case at all it's like it, it's it's like we're very very opportunistic blokes and we, we we get drunk and we think the things are possible when they may not be but sometimes <laughs> work out and it happened again, like in, in Nottingham when we won the the the, uh, the playoffs. Because like we're bowling down, yeah, like we're we're bowling down. There's me, Chris, Fat Alan, and Boring Mike. So we're we're trying to get on the ice and the bounces again. No, just family members only. You know, we need to see a pass. We need to see a passes. So it's like the A team. You know, Chris is like I'm like I'm like Hannibal getting this plan together. Chris is like face, kind of like keeping the bouncer occupied. You know, getting into character. Alan's just a little bit like Murdoch, just a little bit weird, like running around the place, bumping into things. Um, I don't know why Michael's Mr. T. No, but anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I, I like think, right, I've got a couple of mates in Sheffield here because I've been on a stag do with them two years ago. So I run back up the aisle. I just go into the Sheffield change room. I see like 
Zach Fitzgerald and Dowdy and all that. I'm like, hey, boys, sorry about the loss. Sorry about the loss. First of all, you know, um, you know, it's, it's tough times. But can I have your passes, please? And they're like, yeah, man, no worries. Take take as many as you want. So we get like these players passes from Sheffield boys, whip it around our necks. And like, we are the most smug group walking past these bouncers with these players passes on. They're, they're like begrudgingly open the door and then we're like busting on the ice, chucking a champagne around everywhere. And the rest is history. Yeah. Oh, I, that... So you've and, been on the ice I, for two championships? Well, yeah. And I, I just wanted to give like, thank you to that team so much for bringing that Challenge Cup home yeah. because that was a pretty long wait, I think, from 2006. You know, it was a long time coming for us. And uh, just everyone involved in that, that that Challenge Cup run and to bring it home in Sheffield was just like one of the most amazing days that I've had um, watching ice up. Yeah. yeah, it was it was an amazing day all around. It was it was a long night too. <laughs> I've seen I've never seen Sean Bentavolio so pissed. Oh, you oh, that one. I I was thinking of the one we won. So you're talking about when they won the league, right? Or the yeah. playoffs. And I, and I had, I had to speak to him because I I messaged him last night. I was like, you better listen to the podcast, mate, because you're not getting away with this one. And uh, he said that if they if if we won the championship. He'd go blackout, and boy, oh boy, did he blackout, man! Like, <laughs> pretty best leave it there. What happened yeah. next? Those we don't, we we don't wanna, we don't want anybody to get in trouble. But uh, the championships can get away from you. They they get away from the best of us. But it's it's guys like Benty and guys that really truly care, right? Like they really yeah. deep down care. And when you win, things get away from you, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, they they do, and and it was a release of steam. We work so hard, and like everybody, are your brothers, right? And you either fail or you you win. There's there's winning or there's losing, right? There's no in between. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> moving on is we got to discuss Morzine France. Oof, that's all in. Yeah, yeah, that is you. you where, where were you, Chris? What were you up to? Some of us have got to hold the fort, Wally. Do you know what I mean? No, you, all right. You let you let him go play, and you you held down the fort, eh? You you were a bad influence on me that trip. You were. No, I doubt it. You were you you when we stopped off on the way to the bloody chalet we were staying and we stopped up it's like a weird pharmacy or something but they had the most amazing wine and i think you and me stopped up pretty significantly on like a couple of magnums of this bordeaux and we got back into the back of the bus and we started opening like the magnums and i think we finished the magnum by the time we got to the chalet i was i was pretty buzzed from that point onwards for the rest of the night and christ you know i'm glad the groups happened like they did because obviously you didn't ski but it was like the, the pretty good ones like Hoth and Hendo, Lordo, Mo, Deuce and Huddy. And then it was like the three like weird guys at the back, me, Marty and Wilsey, just trying our best. So, yeah, we, 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 uh, we let, let those boys go off and do the, the black runs. And we stayed and did, uh, did the baby slopes for a, for a day oh, or well, two. I didn't even ski. I just rode the red saucer down the hill, right? You, you are prey skied, though. Oh, yes, I did uh, pray ski. I, I did make it halfway down the mountain for the for the dinner. Eh? Do you remember the dinner there? I, I do remember the dinner very fondly, actually. I think that, you know, this, the, the stuff that they went out and, and again, the people that Carl introduced to the French locals we used to play with 
absolutely lovely people. But, you know, hospitality is one thing, but when you got to drink a friggin' snake um, that's in like some sort of weird brine, but it's like a local, it's, and you're hung over to shit as well. It's like, you can't turn your nose up at it because it's rude. You just have to like, you know, plug down and get it down your neck. And I think that's there, what we did. There was a snake in like, it was like a jar of moonshine, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. And then I had to ride the red saucer down. Um, and yeah, but like talk about the hospitality. Like- they they ride the, the snowmobiles down the mountain behind us with lights so we could see where to go, right? Uh, I, 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 I've heard you tell this story and it's not actually the truth. You say you keep on, I had to ride the red saucer down. And the amount of times like Pepe and, and Moss was like, Wally, Wally, um, you have a bad knee. You must get on the buggy or something <laughs> like, you know, you should get on, you should get on. And you're like, no, 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 this will do me fine. I've got my little red saucer and I'll be going down just fine. Thank you. And it was like, it was like, I'll go, Wally, this is actually dangerous for your knee, you know, but you weren't having any of it. And it you guys think you guys get to ski the whole weekend and I can't even go down the mountain one time. Like I get to have fun too. Yeah. Yeah. And we did have fun. And I've got some great footage of you on my phone from behind, uh, bumping your way down that mountain. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that footage before. Um, it's interesting sure. the footage that's out there when you start a podcast. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's illegal that, you know, going down in the pitch black. Yeah, I'm, it can't sure be. They... Well, the, the oh, ski that. hill was closed when we went to the, sh- the, the the restaurant, right? Like, it was closed when we decided to go down that hill. Begs the question as to why we were allowed even in that restaurant on the side of a mountain at, like, 10 drinking, o'clock at drinking night. Drinking snake juice. Drinking, <laughs> drinking snake juice, exactly. <laughs> uh, good times, good times. Uh, the other part of that trip... Um, I wrote down snake moonshine and I also wrote down fondue. You know, we did attack it or I did, I guess. Eh? You did. You did. I think you, that's all you ate for the entire time you were there. But you I, were on holiday. I don't think I could go to the bathroom for weeks of the amount of cheese I ate. I was a little blocked up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I buddy. felt like I, a bowling I, I, ball. I didn't ski. Yeah. I just ate the fondue after. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the was that the night that we, we kind of went into that club and there was literally no one in there, but well, somehow and, and that, hot- that's the same place because it was like the only place in town. I think we like were in the off season, right? It was just about to close, but I got you down, taking over the mic and taking over the whole bar. But that was oh, the night man. it was busy, right? That was well, it wasn't it wasn't busy. I think like the group that we had just made it busy because like I don't know how he did it. Like he's he's some sort of hack genius. But like Hoth finds this laptop on the stage, opens it up, you know, hacks his way into the mainframe of this French little club. And then all of a sudden he finds YouTube. He flicks the speakers on and he's playing like 90s rap, like back to back. And then there's a little drawer underneath the laptop and he finds a microphone. So you flick the microphone on. All of a sudden you've got like, you can get some vocals on this now. And then I get a microphone as usual and start like just singing whatever's on YouTube or like, you know, rapping whatever's on YouTube. And, and then it seems like a blur from there on in, but I, I remember just looking up and there's people just like bowling down the stairs, these French locals just coming in 
everyone's like dancing on this, you know, on this little dance floor. Someone's found like a box of fancy dress clothes. So I'm like looking across, like Hendo's dress is a pirate. Will's, he's like a fairy. Carl's half naked doing the peacock across the table. You know, Joey Martin's got an Indian hat on. It was just such a weird but amazing night. Yeah, and it was empty when we got there, and then they gave you a mic, and then the next thing you know, the place is packed, and everybody's on the dance floor. Weird how that happens. Me and DJ Hoss. Um, you're probably not going to freestyle for us today, or are you? I'm not, no. Mm. That'll be episode two, second time? Need, need some beers and more of an audience, I think. Mm, okay, fine. Fair enough. I, I, I would like to hear you. Um, I believe the word is freestyle one last time, but uh, if it's not today, that's fine. I think freestyle is a very loose term. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other part of Borazine, which I don't think the whole group knows about um, this part of the trip. <laughs> you sent me a picture of uh, this part of the trip the other day, and I, I tried to look at it today, but I, I wasn't wearing a gold helmet. I was just wearing a helmet for safety, right? Do you remember yeah. what I'm talking about? We didn't wear ski. We didn't take ski helmets. We wore ice hockey helmets on the ski trip for the entire time. He's got it. <laughs> See, the, the little CCM one. Oh, brilliant. Oh, I just had to grab a beer quick. Sorry. Oh, Don, Don, I think you had the hat with you. Oh, what? My old man took yeah. the Captain Ronnie, so I didn't have another one lined up here. Um, I'm not playing a home game today. I'm at Grandma's Cottage, right? I'm not in the shed, so I don't have the beer fridge right here. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we wore helmets uh, downtown. I know we were talking about that, but then we ended up in a weird upstairs, what is it, like I... a ski club of some kind? We, um, <laughs> and we were discussing the Morzine hockey team's uh, financial and future um right yeah we, we walked into like their agm and it was just it was in like a sports shop and we had to go up a ladder to get to this place it was and like then, in the attic right yeah in the attic amongst like the dusty stuff there's like skis hanging out everywhere and, there's, and like, there was like mat- there was like four out of shape 20 year olds discussing the future of the team yeah and <laughs> and you were extremely drunk sitting there oh, taking dear. it all in your life I took a, I took an interest because I almost had signed there for that season there when I hurt my knee. So I was curious. Oh, that could have been your permanent clubhouse, you know, <laughs> yeah. instead, of, instead it was the BBT. Okay. Uh, um, Let's uh, we'll get Chris involved again. Cause uh, unless you have anything else about that ski trip, cause it was memorable for me. It was my um, career ending um um, gift from the wife, I guess, that I got to come with all you, all you dandies on that ski trip, and I'll never forget it. It was a nice way to end my career, getting to do that because, you know, you you don't get times like that in your life when you got two kids and you work a normal job. That was uh, what was it, four or five days? I'll I'll never get back. Yeah. <laughs> great, great. Oh, you cut out there for a second. I didn't hear you. Oh, I just said it was a great trip with a great group. That's, oh. that's all you. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, okay, Chris, favorite seasons and players. Oh God, um, <clears throat> I'm not talking about like their talent on the ice. I'm talking about oh. your favorite players. 
Yeah. I mean, I, and in no particular order. But um, No, that wouldn't be right. Yeah, no particular order. Maybe give me like almost like a, yeah, your top five to ten-ish, you know? Just guys that you'll yeah. remember forever. Definitely author. He's supposed to come on. I got a line with him with Daryl Anders. They're buddies that drink wine on the weekends. And we've discussed coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Votha. Definitely yourself. Definitely Goat. Oh, man, there's just so many. Um, Big Lou, we've been on the Raz with recently. And he is an absolute beauty. I know he's quiet, but. And he's coming back. That Yeah, he is. He is. That guy can go. I mean, Christ, G, Stu McCray, Pels, God rest his soul, Matska. I mean, he, Jesus, loved that bloke the bits, man. And yeah, why don't I you tell- say something about him? He's never came up on the pod before, and I know um, you guys sent the pictures for your poster, and uh, you had the picture there with him and his family, maybe. Yeah. And that, that, that night, though, Wally, like... We, well, we- can you give a little background the people? Other than the Cardiff fans, maybe there's some people that don't really know who we're talking about. This is this is Scott Matska, and unfortunately, um, we lost him. <clears throat> oh God, five years ago, six years ago, um, to motor neuron disease, and you know that for everyone who doesn't know is a degenerative condition, and it just it eats away at your muscles. It's, it's horrendous. But that boy was fit as hell, and arguably on one of the strongest forward lines of devils I've ever had. So on the ice, he was a legend. Off the ice, beauty. And um, when he came back for for his sort of like um, the Matska, or the Matska as we called it, he came out and by this time he was, he could walk a little bit, but, you know, most of the time was wheelchairing it. And we went out, we had a nice meal. And uh, he's like, I want to stay out. And his wife, Katie, was just like, well, you can do what you want. The boys will look after you. So there was a bunch of us who stayed out. Now, bearing in mind, he's in a wheelchair. We're whipping him around. He's like, let's do some Jaeger bombs. And I'm like, Matska, do we really need Jaeger bombs, mate? You know, you're a little bit wobbly on your feet. He's like, yeah, let's do them. So down they went, down they went. Bloody hell. He was absolutely buckled. I'm like, have you got to smoke? Get him home now. So there was an army of us just helping the, helping the guy around. But, um, yeah, he's he was just a legend, but a really, really good guy. Hoffers, Hendo, like... The, honestly, the list just goes on and on. I, I could I could stay here for another half an hour and reel off names. Well, and that's how um, you start a podcast, right? Is you, when you've played hockey for long enough, they're the guys you're listing off are the guys you want to have on, right? Yeah. And, like I wish I could have Matt's gone. It's tough what happened with you know the kids and his wife and uh, may he rest in peace, but like he had a similar career to me. Right. So it was weird when I heard all about it, but I've never met him, but it's cool when you see the hockey community come together for a guy, like what Cardiff did for him. Right. Oh, it was amazing. Like the whole organization, you know, Calman was, was huge. Tranny was just, and Oh, he's another one. He, 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 he be where the deal. Christ. Sometimes it's easy to miss the guys who are based in, in the country. So I'm glad you mentioned Franny because, Christ, the, the, the boy is just a legend. But yeah, everyone just worked so hard and it was so like emotional that day. Um, but so in, a, in another way, happy that it was being celebrated. You know, and of course he did a video and we played that back and just really goes to show what people go through. And, and 
you know, the medical bills associated with it, you know, it's astronomical what happens over in over in the States, you know, and that was that was a big, big thing that the devils and the organization did is help, you know, fund the guys, you know, remaining days and to make it as comfortable as it was. And then Katie actually came over for that. Scotty couldn't make it, but she was shown, showing us things on his phone. So he was obviously in the wheelchair and she'd press a button on her watch and she'd be like, Scott, Scott, you know, and, and the thing fling, flings off in the house. So he's like spins around and he comes up and he can hear everything. You know, he, he's completely um, mentally in tune, but just can't move or say move or do body. anything. But, yeah. But, but, he, he kind of knew that like we were on there and there were, there were just these little movements and she's like, that's him saying that, you know, hello. And so, yeah, it's sad, sad, but um, he will always be remembered that boy. He was, he was like the, the middle, you know, I go back to that Poncana year where the record breaking year and they, you know, got into the Guinness book of records and they all lived in that little back set courtyard in Poncana. He was like the middle house between the two areas. So he was like <laughs> the focal point of these two devil's wings and uh he, he was always known as like super dad because everything he did he was going through school he was scoring points he was like uh, you know training like a beast um and and really just like a, a guy who was a real glue of the team um yeah. and just will so sorely missed yeah for sure um yeah no it, i thought it was, we should talk about him because i knew you guys knew him and not you know that's i guess real life it sucks that all happened and um anyways moving on i guess right um but yeah he seems like a fantastic dude that you'd want on your team and uh yeah i'm sure he's sorely missed to a lot of people right um okay fun stuff now other than Morzine, did you boys go on any other trips oh yeah man <laughs> be on loads other than like... canada what about did were you on the one to berlin or anything like that like any of the guys trips at yeah. the end of the season that was a good one berlin was cool we've, we've been to ireland recently yeah, berlin, yeah. a couple of years ago we went to portugal for the half leaving do and, and his stag do there's been there's been quite a few you know been to newcastle for g's stag do <laughs> we've been about a bit with the boys you know it's just been a hell of a ride on these types of trips away and like these, you can't obviously say stuff that goes on too much, but there's some just unbelievable stories and like funny stories that you could tell. And I'm glad we got to experience them and take them to the grave with us because it's just <laughs> so much fun. Uh, the, the, yeah, do we, the, the guys are just there. It's so fun when you get a group of guys together that can finally let their hair down after a long season of like just, working out and eating right and worrying about every game and points and winning and losing. And it, it's the end of year time for hockey players. Eh? That things can get away from you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, the way you guys relish the chance to travel as well, when you're in Europe, like it, it's something we, we really take for granted um, living in the UK but like the urge for everyone to go and see as much as they possibly can and go to places right after the season finishes is, is, you know, really cool to see. And like, if we're lucky enough to get invited and come along with the ride, then you're damn sure we'll be there. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Oh yeah. I, it, yeah. The, what you guys have done for the Cardiff devils. I, I know Todd gets it. I know that's why I like that first golf tournament when 
all of everybody at the place was like attracted to your table and it turned into all the boys sitting around your table basically doing what we do on the podcast is telling stories that's what we were doing we were all sitting around telling hockey stories and from that moment on like we were a team right yeah 100 percent, man it's 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 really like it's really um yeah, it gets you right there in, in the fields, you know, when you hear that about, like, we don't intentionally try and do that at all. And, you know, we're not, we're not setting out to, to emotionally blackmail people into thinking they should be coming back. It's just, you know, we get on, we, we, we love going to the hockey. We, we absolutely appreciate everything that, that goes into playing that sport at your level. You know, it's, I think it's one of the most exciting sports to go and watch ever. Um, and I think that we kind of show that appreciation by, you know, trying to look after you when you're in the city, you know, making sure that, you know, you're having a good time. And if you want to stay, that's that's superb because we're going to be around and like we're going to carry on drinking and we're going to carry on going back to the rink. So come up, come back and we'll do it all again. And I think it's like really touching sometimes because there's been a few occasions when guys have like taken the decision to leave and go elsewhere. And 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 John Pell was one example, you know, we, we got really close with Pels. Um, and then he, he did the one season, I think he just got a bit fed up for whatever reason with the ownership and, and all that kind of thing. And at that time, um, and he, he like, he wrote this like a really long email about yeah. the, the consideration factors for him going. And he, this massive paragraph on like Chris and I as to why he was thinking of just putting up with like what he was going through and staying just for that. And just things like that. If you think like, if we have that effect on someone, just that one guy, then it's been all worth it, you know? Yeah. And um, it's and just, yeah, yeah. It's just, it happens every now and again. It's just so rewarding that people think of us in that light every now and again. Oh, well, it's like uh, with the podcast, there's so many guys that were excited for you guys to have on. There's so many guys that when I have them on, they're like, well, you got to have the George brothers on. You Like, what are you doing? You haven't had them on yet. And I was like, well, I'm trying to get better at this. I, I got to I got to be ready for them. You know, this is the big time here. And uh, like, I, and when you say like, when you hear stuff like that, like for me with starting the podcast, if someone tells me it's helping their mental health, I'm like, well, how do I not do this on family vacation? Yeah. Yeah. Got to do it. Yeah. Got to do it. Especially in the current climate, Wally, you know, where people have struggled. It's, uh, it's good for you as well. I think, I think, you know, oh, you yeah. talk about, healing others a little bit and reaching out to them but I think it's been really good for you and you know we haven't really talked too much over the last few years but the, you just sound really happy when you do this yeah, um, exactly. on a regular basis so so keep on doing it brother dude the days I get to do this today I'm so happy so excited all day that I got to ca- catch up with you guys right yeah, yeah. it's amazing man and we'll, we'll definitely have to you know get all this COVID bollocks out of the way and um, we'll figure out you guys coming over or us taking a trip because obviously Steve's lady is, um, you know, of, of native, na- native Canadian origin. So it's always an excuse to fly back. And, uh, and what province is that? We'll be there. <laughs> she's, uh, she's Alberta. I couldn't remember. Hence the reason why. I went. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely need to get together again and, catch up in person and uh um deeds had something going on today but i i did uh i threw a line out to him i'm like you know what the four of us have never had a beer together do you want to join the call like an hour in but he had something going on today and he couldn't but that's what's like cool about this is 
the opportunities are endless. Like next time yeah. we could sit down with a beer with deeds and Hendo and Hoth and just see where it goes. Right. Like, uh, yeah, for sure. Let's do it, man. Yeah, no. And thank you so much for making the time for me. And, uh, basically for like making Cardiff feel like home for a lot of guys. Right. A pleasure, but I think it's just you know it, it, it's really cool. You do. I know this has gone in different different ways now, but you know the, the primary focus I think for you at the, at the start was to talk about Cardiff, and that just really means a lot. I think to people back here that you know someone like you is so you know is so warmly welcomed by the Cardiff fans. Actually, repay by talking a lot about Cardiff and how good it is. It's really yeah, nice to exactly. hear. Well, exactly. it's, it, it's what the way it really is, and. Uh, I didn't do this just to talk about Cardiff. It kind of happens just because that brings back the best memories. The The guys I want to talk to a lot are all from that season, right? Like those two seasons. Yeah. It, it's not that I was want, I wanted to just be Cardiff or anything like that. It's just naturally happened because of the people that were on those teams, right? And yeah. the people that weren't on those teams, the people like you guys and Deese, the equipment manager, right? And I've yeah. had the owner, I've had the GM, but no, it's not because of that. I started this because I missed my friends like you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's nice, man. Well, well there'll, there'll definitely be a version two. Oh, absolutely. There is definitely good. Like you guys are still going to be seeing the game. You're, you, you're going to have new friends, but all these old friends, like, we can have you know more more guys on at the same time. We'll figure out how it works, right? Yeah, yeah. we will. We exactly, will, man. man. Now yeah. we've been a. I, man, it's been the best having you guys on. I I miss you and thank you for everything you did for myself and my family and all the dudes in Cardiff. That you you just make it fun to be a hockey player again. Uh, you're legend, right. man. That's well, very nice. Regards to everyone again, mate, and we'll uh, we'll see you soon. And this has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with the George Brothers minus Hendo and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive me. I'm like Scott from San Diego fans. I like pizza fans and bands. I'm always speaking my mind. I'm not for it.